Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. To meet Eskimos new general manager Brock Sunderland today, the 37-year-old coming over from the Ottawa Red Blacks, where he was the assistant GM. More on him on 630Ched.com, including some uh, video and exclusive interviews from today's news conference. The Oilers heading to Anaheim. Well, they're there by now. They practiced at Rogers Place this morning. Patrick Maroon looks like he'll be back up on the top line with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Drake Kajula going back down to the third line with Mark Letestu and Zach Cassian. Oscar Clefbaum says he's good to go after missing the third period on Saturday with an illness. He also didn't practice yesterday. The Blue Jays leads St. Louis 2-1. That's in the top of the fourth in St. Louis. In the NBA tonight, the Rockets lead the Thunder 47-44. That game, where are we in that game? Uh, late in the first half. That's the only playoff game underway tonight. Raptors play, uh, was it Thursday? They're back at it against Milwaukee. Raptors now up 3-2 in the best of seven. Oh, uh, Houston tried to finish off that series, by the way. They're up uh, They're up 3-1 on the Thunder back at home for Game 5. Later on tonight, well, actually starts right away. The Grizzlies take on the Spurs. That series is tied 2-2. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. This texter says, hey, Reed, I'm amazed at what a cool guy Kelly Rudy seems like after growing up with him being an opposition goaltender. Ha ha. <laughs> I would, and Kelly accepts this. He, he played for a Kings team that uh, either was completely vilified in Edmonton or some Oilers fans started to kind of cheer for them because they had Gretzky and they got other other who, who else went there? Coffee, Curry. Didn't Huddy go there eventually? Uh and Rudy was the goaltender, and he used to get made fun of for wearing that, what did, what did uh, Don Cherry call it, the chiffon bandana? I think it was actually just a light blue. Is chiffon even a color? Isn't that a type of cake? Isn't a, a lemon chiffon a cake? You mean Don Cherry used a word inappropriately? <laughs> that, that, that wasn't actually a word? Everything like that? That's kind of surprising that Don would do that. Uh, so anyway, but Rudy told the story. It was actually just a torn T-shirt. Once he just tied around there to keep the the sweat out of his eyes, sort of became his trademark. I do enjoy Calvin Kelly on the show. This texture says Oilers versus Rangers in the Stanley Cup Final. The Oilers will win, and Sather loves it, but doesn't show a hint of it when he's pictured in the owner's box. Oh wait, that was a dream I had last night. 
That's a text to 63630. That person probably did actually have that dream. I doubt they're joking around. A couple people texting in about the start times to games. There were three 8.30 starts in round one between the Oilers and the uh, Sharks. Two of them were in Edmonton, and I'm pretty sure I, I, I said this. No one, uh, no one proved me wrong. I'm pretty sure those are the, that's the latest an NHL game has ever started in Edmonton, regular season or, or playoffs, 8.30. The first two games of this series are 8.30 in Anaheim. Now, you know, sometimes those West Coast games do start at that time here in Edmonton. Um, it is pretty late, I realize, for a lot of people, especially on, on a weeknight for sure. And I know some people are saying, well, what if the Oilers go deep into the playoffs? Is this going to keep happening? I, like the reason it happened is because I think NBC or whatever station the NBC Sports Network they showed in the states has some sway over the start time for games. So they're starting games at six o'clock Mountain Time, and then they don't want the other one to start until eight thirty, so they can show a double header. I know in Canada that doesn't make sense because we have CBC and three or four Sportsnet channels that can show games. And I know a lot of people were saying, why couldn't they just start at 7? That's why it's more geared towards American television. If if the um, series, if the Oilers go into the third round and then to the Stanley Cup final, and I went back and checked last year's Stanley Cup final schedule, in the Cup final, for the last few years, all the games start at 6 Mountain Time. I think they actually dropped the puck at 6.15 or 6.20, but the, the game broadcast on television would start at, at 6 Mountain Time. So last year, the games in San Jose actually started at 5 in San Jose. So they standardized that, so they all start at 8 Eastern. And then for the conference finals... They usually do that as well, where they start them at 8 Eastern. Unless there's a Pacific time zone team in there, then they would start it at 6 Pacific or 9 Eastern. So if the deeper the Oilers go, the more, uh, shall we say, conventional start times we would get. I mean, if the Oilers, if the Oilers make the third round, then all the games should start at 6. Edmonton time. And maybe and maybe if they go deeper in this series and they're the only game on certain nights if, if other teams get eliminated. So anyway, just a quick check. Check there. This uh, t- person texts in. He says, official fact check completed. Chiffon is a cake. No doubt about it. <laughs> uh, Joe says, hey, Reed, can you explain to me how come it's the Oilers versus the Ducks in the second round? Seventh and eighth place teams playing each other in the second round. Yeah, it's purely by divisions now. So basically, the uh, there are four divisions. The top three teams in each division make the playoffs. There's a wild card team that gets m- moved into that division for the purposes of the playoffs. And then you stay within your division. So isn't Pittsburgh-Washington the top two teams in the overall standings playing each other? So it is. it's not... I don't know if you want to call it fair. Like it's not conducive to having the two best teams in the league meet in the Stanley Cup final, but but they want this divisional format because they want to build up divisional rivalries. So you have in the second round Washington and Pittsburgh, who finished first and second overall. You have Anaheim and Edmonton. That's actually six against eight. You have the Rangers against Ottawa. That's nine against 12. And then you have uh, St. Louis and Nashville. That's 10 against 16. So the winner of Edmonton and Anaheim will have home ice advantage in the Western Conference Final. 
Yeah, so uh, it's not... I, I mean, whatever format you use, if it's divisions or conferences, you're always going to have something where you could have two really good teams meeting early, but that's how they've decided to do it. The uh, Oilers ready to take on the Ducks. We're talking about the potential for physicality in the series. Here's Darnell Nurse. They're a big, strong team uh, and have a lot of guys that, uh, that play game hard. So it's going to be uh, yeah, a tough series start to finish. Um, I mean, we can't change uh, can't change the way we've been playing and then what, uh, what we've, we've done to get to this point. Do they have some guys that can get under your skin? And do you like playing against guys that, that have that edge? Uh they got some good tough players that uh, that um, play the game hard. I don't know if you could hear it in his voice there. A little bit of a smirk from Darnell Nurse as he answered that question. Doesn't uh, I don't think he wants to say anything too specific about anything of any of the Ducks players and perhaps add a little bit of bulletin board material. And the Oilers, I, I found today generally, you know, not saying too much when asked specifically about the Ducks or how they might check them or some of the problems they might present. Here's Connor McDavid when asked about facing Ryan Kessler. No, I think he's been up for the Selkie for however many years in a row. I mean, it, that obviously speaks for itself. So you know, he, uh, he understands his defensive role. All right. And here is... Uh, this one's the best of all. And if look, we've been listening to Todd McClellan for two years now in Edmonton. He generally gives thoughtful, complete answers. He doesn't give anything away. I mean, sometimes he might BS his way around a point so as not to reveal any strategy. But here was Todd McClellan when asked about Ryan Kessler. Well, he's an experienced checker. He's got a lot of skills that he uses in games. <laughs> Warren Mulvey bursting into laughter on the other side of the window. Uh, just in case you missed it. Well, he's an experienced checker. He's got a lot of skills that he uses in games. <laughs> Four-second answer. He has a lot of skills that he uses in games. It's not, <laughs> I mean, i got to hand it to Todd. Is that not the most general thing you could say about a player? Hey, what do you think of this player? He has a lot of skills that he uses in games. Well, yes, he does. So, so does everybody else. Uh, Marina texting in saying Chiffon is also a fabric read. Okay, so there you go. Chiffon, I thought he was, it was a color. Chiffon is also a fabric. So that mystery is solved. Blue Jays leading St. Louis 2-1. That is in the bottom of the fourth. This will be interesting when we get back. We'll be joined by Chris Getzlaff, played in the CFL with the Eskimos and the Rough Riders, the brother of Anaheim's Ryan gets laugh get some uh, stories of their athletic childhood when we get back on inside sports this is matt hendricks from your edmonton oilers and you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chad well the beauty of hosting a radio show is that you can plan stuff which i occasionally do and sometimes you just never know what's going to come up. I, I I never thought the word chiffon would be a topic of discussion on the text line, but I do appreciate the clarifications because I'm the first to admit I don't know everything. Bonnie texting in saying, Hey, Reed, chiffon is a sheer fabric, but not usually what bandanas are made of unless you're a girl. Thank you for that, Bonnie. And uh, this texter says, Reed Chiffon is a type of fabric, a very sheer, light, dressy fabric. Don Cherry did use the word correctly, and it is a cake as well. LOL. All right, mystery solved. Not a color, which I thought it... Well, I, now, I don't know if Cherry, Cherry knew that it was 
a fabric or if he was trying to say it was a color. But anyway, uh, I, 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 there we go. And uh, I, I do also say that one of the best parts about the show is, is talking to uh, you, the listener. And sometimes you, you form a, maybe a bit of a bond with a listener or a caller, even if he doesn't always like you or agree with everything you say. And then sometimes a listener or a caller goes away for a while and you think, what happened? Did I do something to jeopardize our relationship? And then all of a sudden, one night out of the blue, he calls the show again. Hi, Sirius Gord. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm <laughs> doing great. I'm trying to pump up your return to inside sports. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Uh, I've just been really busy, man. I've had uh, uh, tons of things at work going on, uh, family life, wife and kids and all that stuff, and then politics as well, so I've been... Uh, it's been hard to uh, have the time to cogitate and then uh, regurgitate uh, <laughs> online some of my thoughts about things. But, of course, now we're into the... How many years has it been since we've been in the playoffs? 10, 11 years now? Well, yeah, it was 10 years out, so technically 11 years since the last set of games. Now, wait a minute. Are, I didn't know... Are you a politician? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I've been involved in politics. Well, I'm from Newfoundland, so it sort of comes with the territory, but I've been involved in politics for a long time. Yeah. I never knew uh, that. I'm on several boards, uh, electoral district associations, and okay. go to the conventions every two years with Conservative Party and every year with the Wild Rose, and shoot my mouth off there, too. So, <laughs> Well, you've done a good job of that on this program. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I don't know what you're saying, but I just roll with it. Well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to comment on what I think this year. I mean, who knows, but I think... If we're looking at a team matchup, uh, it really, to my mind, doesn't get any better than what we're about to witness here, I think. I think Anaheim and Edmonton are two teams that you go right down through the whole lineup. This is going to be an extremely physical, nasty, yet highly talented, high-speed affair. And uh, I, I, I think they'll win in six, but I have very little confidence in that prediction. I don't, it, it could be a sweep. By, the, by Anaheim, it could be five or uh, six, seven games uh, for Anaheim. It could be the other way uh, with Edmonton. I just, I look, the, the two matchups, I'm, there's a lot of talking about it, but the two matchups obviously are Kessler and McDavid, but I think the more critical one, if uh, especially in the games in Anaheim where or Mr. Kyle, Carlisle gets to pick and choose his, his lines matching is going to be uh, Nugent Hopkins and uh, Getzlaff. I think mm-hmm. you would agree with that. And I, we're going to find out if, if uh, Mr. Hopkins is up to the task. Uh, is there another big power forward in the league who would be more of a challenge for Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Uh, there can't be too many. No, there wouldn't be uh, too many. I think you're right, and, and I think Todd is going to go with that. I, the Oilers, unfortunately, are going to get obliterated in the face-off circle. I think we know that. So it's yep. going to be a matter of, I think, trying to tie up draws and get help from the wingers and the D. I, right. th- I think uh, that's I think another. Th- I, I'm not disagreeing with you. It will come down to those two things. I think another thing to watch for is the play of Pouliot, Deharnay, and Slepeshev, because yeah. if they can at least forecheck and get some zone time, that'll help the Oilers. Because Anaheim pretty much uses ten forwards. They don't play Wagner and Shaw very much. They try not to, and that's right. the other thing, of course. And the, the wild card, obviously, being injuries and, and the impact that can have. And I, am I correct in saying that uh, is it Lindholm? Is that his name? 
he's yeah he'll probably be the McDavid he'll probably try to be the Vlasic whether he does it as well as Vlasic I don't I don't think he can but I still think he's good but rumor has it he's a bit nicked up too so that may have a bearing yeah he missed a practice but he's been back and we're gonna have Dan Wood out of Anaheim uh, come on here in a few minutes and I one thing that is interesting Gord some of the people I talk to and I mean we all have our own people in the media that we talk to and observers so, sure. you know, I'm humble enough that I'm going to say, take this for what it's worth. I know there are some people who watch a lot of games around the league that think Talbot is steadier than Gibson when it's going to come right down to it, that, that he'll be the slightly better goalie in the series. We'll see. Well, I hope so. Um, but it, it should be a tremendous series to watch. So many uh, one-on-one battles we're going to see out there. Um, but you're right, on the face-off, especially... Can we, is it safe to assume we're looking at like a 60-40 split on, split on face-off? Uh, I right hope here? it's not that bad, but it could be. Where are my notes from the season? Uh, during the season, Ana- no, this was not head-to-head. Anaheim was 54.7, Anaheim w- and, and Edmonton was 47. So, yeah, I mean, you could be looking at 58-42 for the series, absolutely. Certainly for stretches of a game, you could see that. Yep. And if there's a team that can hang on to the puck, it's uh, Anaheim. Right, so now they've got possession at the face-off, and somehow we've got to get it off their stick. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, Nugent Hopkins is very adept at that, as is Connor and a few others as well. But that's going to be a key element of the game. But it it should be a doozy, um, and we got to stay out of the penalty box, obviously. But uh, this really intrigues me. I'm looking at all the matchups in this in this uh, in this round, and it's by far to me the most interesting one. Well, Gord, the beauty about this is, is I think as Oilers fans can look at this and say, man, Anaheim's a really good team, and then kind of say, well, wait a minute, the Oilers can beat them. As a, yeah. I, I remember you called in the first year I was doing games, and the Oilers had a stretch of six games against St. Louis, Boston, Anaheim coming up, and you called in to Rob, me and Rob and said, I think they're going to go 0-6. And I said, well, they could. I said, let's play the games first, and you were bang on. They went 0-6. <laughs> but now but now you're right. I mean, it's 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 a coin flip, and this is kind of what – I mean, you're, you're in the tournament. Now you're down to the final eight. Now it's a break. Or now it's a guy who executes at a high level. I mean, if, if a Cassian has another good two games in a row, little things like that swing it in your favor. And if the Oilers lose, it doesn't mean you have to go back to the drawing board, right? It's No. not Well, yeah, well, that's a whole other discussion if we lose. But I'm looking at, you know, the, the, the doorway got a lot wider to uh, the path, if you will, to the Stanley Cup final with the elimination of Chicago. Oh, absolutely. And frankly, with the elimination of Minnesota, too. Though Nashville scares me. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. I think Nashville's got an excellent chance of they play that kind of shutdown game, and now they've got a bit of an offensive uh, sting to them. They could really be a troublesome. And, if, of course, but they have this wild card called Pekka Rene, and nobody knows what's going to show up uh, every night uh, with him. So far, he's been consistent, but I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that. But, you know, I, this, this series we're seeing, I, I think – I have a better than 50% chance whoever wins this series. Well, obviously, it gets a bit silly, but Anaheim or, or, or Edmonton are going to go to the final if whoever gets out of this round, I think. I, I think that, you know, I think we can handle Nashville, and I definitely think we can handle St. Louis. So, um, going to be a beauty, Gord. Yeah, it will. I'll Great. try and uh, be more, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll touch base. Yeah, more call it whenever you want. Right. we got time for you. All right, Thanks, take buddy. care, buddy. Take care, Reed. Have fun. That's Sirius Gort, 780-496-0063. We'll get a Ducks perspective from their radio analyst, Dan Wood, when we get back.
Hey, this is Jordan Eberle from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Blue Jays and Cardinals tied 2-2 in the top of the fifth. The Edmonton Eskimos' new general manager, Brock Sunderland, meeting the media today. You can get more on that on 630Ched.com. Of course, we had that news conference live for you this afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. Dave Campbell and Morley Scott hosting that from uh, the Eskimos' locker room at Commonwealth Stadium. I got to go down there as well. So another, uh, another new guy in charge of the greed and gold. Kind of a weird time of year for it to be happening, but he gets a big opportunity after spending the last couple of years with the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. And again, his father, Marv Sunderland, recently retiring 40 years as a scout, worked uh, most recently for the Tennessee Titans and the New York Jets before that. And Brock was also with the New York Jets, not at the same time as his dad. Uh, but uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting. And he, Brock told that story about actually watching f- game film with his dad, like actual film on a projector when he was a kid. (laughs) That's how long he's been doing that. All right, Oilers and Ducks tomorrow. Reed Wilkins with you at 6.30. Ched, we'll get some Anaheim perspective from the uh, color analyst from the Ducks radio network. I want to welcome back to the show Dan Wood. Dan, great to have you on the show. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Reed. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you, man. It's uh, I was just talking about football there. What, what L.A.'s gone from zero teams to two teams in the last year and a half. Is that where we're at now? Uh, you know what? I think that's correct. Uh, like most people in Southern California, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the NFL, but I think you are accurate with that statement. See, that's funny. Like the the they went the NFL goes back to Los Angeles, and it's amazing how much I've heard where people are kind of like, ah, whatever. Like, is it is it all NCAA is or is it all uh, baseball and basketball and then a little hockey spiced in? Well, there's just so much here, obviously, with the two baseball teams, the two basketball teams, the two hockey teams, two major universities in USC and UCLA, and then uh, several other schools that compete at a pretty high level in various sports. So there's a lot going on here. And, uh, you know, I, I suppose there's a, a pocket that uh, is interested in the NFL. I'm sure there is. But, uh, you know, the, by and large, the sense I get is not a whole lot of people are really too concerned about the Rams or the Chargers. Right. Is it, and I mean, I know Anaheim is not uh, Los Angeles, but I'm kind of just grouping that whole metropolitan area in together. Um, The LA Lakers have, and I went to a Lakers game last season. I went down there during the NHL All-Star break because the Oilers had a longer break. And I got to tell you, Dan, like the Lakers were awful. Like the Chicago Bulls just pounded them. And I don't think they were that much better this year. But are, are the Lakers the, the dominant team in terms of if a guy like me had a show that down there, that's what people are want to want to talk about the most? Or how does how's the pecking you know, order work? I don't know if that's really the case anymore. It certainly was up until a few years ago when they were good. There was no question the Lakers dominated the sports landscape in Southern California. But, you know, as, as they have regressed, um, I don't think that's the case. I don't know if there is really one team that is far and away ahead of all the others in terms of attention. I suppose if you had to pick one, it would probably be the Dodgers, but it would be by a very narrow margin, I would think. 
Interesting. Okay. Well, the Kings and Ducks have both been uh, really good NHL franchises for the last several years. You've been calling Ducks games. They're meeting the Oilers in the second round. We're starting up tomorrow night. Uh, give me a bit of a lowdown on the Ducks here. I, I know a lot of the reading I've been doing and watching stuff online is is about what's going on with their defense. Is It, it sounds like all the D are, are pretty healthy and ready to play against the Oilers tomorrow, or what's going on? Yeah, Coach Randy Carlisle said today that, uh, you know, it's possible that, that everyone would be available tomorrow night. Um, I think certainly Cam Fowler will be in the lineup, which is great news for the Ducks. Uh, he did not play at all in the first-round series against Calgary. So kind of ironic, uh, Mark Giordano and the Flames knocked Fowler out, and he missed the entire first-round series against the Calgary Flames. And now Fowler's going to be playing playoff hockey. The Flames are done. So maybe there's some poetic justice there. Uh, Hampus Lindholm and Sammy Votnin would be the other two uh, uncertainties. Hampus practiced today for the first time this week. Uh, Sammy's been on the ice, too. So I think there's a pretty good chance Lindholm plays. Uh, Votnin maybe not quite as likely, but either way, I think the Ducks are in pretty good shape there because with the way Shea Theodore and Brandon Montour played in the first round, I think getting Fowler back uh, would be huge for Anaheim. Okay. You know, there there was a lot of talk about the McDavid matchup in the first round, and it was often Mark Edward Vlasic out there against McDavid, and he and he did a really good job. Is is Lindholm, that's what we've, we've been speculating here, is that Lindholm's the, the leading candidate to get that assignment in this series. Is that oversimplifying it, or do we think that's fairly likely? Well, I think it's a little bit different than the San Jose series, because from what I saw of that series, and by no means did I see all of it, but certainly Vlasic and Braun were the matchup for the Sharks against the McDavid line. Uh, with Anaheim, I think it's going to be more about the Ducks' uh, checking line, Ryan Kessler, Jacob Silverberg, and Andrew Cogliano. I think they will be out there against the McDavid line a lot, and then in terms of the defensemen, I think that'll probably be split a little bit. I think at times you might see Cam Fowler out there against them, uh, at other times, Lindholm, and I don't expect Fowler and Lindholm will be playing together. They pretty much never have. So I think they're going to share that burden among the blue line guys, maybe the way San Jose shared it among their forward groupings. Uh, so a little bit different in that regard, I think, in terms of matchups. Dan Wood joining us, radio color analyst on the Ducks Radio Network. Uh, Dan, you know, these two teams have seen a lot of each other being in the same division. I went back and checked today. During the 10 seasons the Oilers missed the playoffs, they beat Anaheim a total of 11 times in 41 games. This year they beat them three out of five. Uh, just just your perspective on, on how this matchup has changed and how the Oilers have, have closed the gap or maybe even evened, you know, eliminated the gap between these, the, between these two teams? Well, let's be honest. Over most of the past decade, the Oilers were nowhere near at the same level that the Ducks were, for the most part. And, you know, Anaheim was able to pretty much have its way with Edmonton during that time frame. That's changed dramatically, uh, and we saw that this season. The Oilers and the Ducks, I think, were very even. If you look at the season series, yeah, the Oilers won three of the five games. Uh, two of those wins were in overtime, three on three, which the Ducks were absolutely horrible at. So when I look at the series, and I'm old school anyway, I, I don't like the shootout. I don't like three on three. I have no use for either one of those things. So I look at those two games 
frankly, as ties. Um, so in my mind, the Ducks won two, the Oilers won one, and there were two ties. Obviously, there's no three-on-three or shootouts in uh, the playoffs, so we're not going to see any games decided that way. Uh, so I look at it, though, like it was pretty much a wash this season series. The Oilers won once down here uh, by a comfortable margin, 4 nothing, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. in the final game before the All-Star break. Uh, that game got away from the Ducks, and I think they maybe were had one foot out the door for the All-Star break. Uh, otherwise, you know, there were two close games between the teams in addition to the overtime games. So, you know, pick it either way you want. I think it was pretty much a, a toss-up in the regular season series, and that leads to the playoff series. I mean, this is pretty close. Uh, I would expect it to be a lengthy series and a very competitive one. Well, I think it's going to be fun, and I think it's got uh, the potential for a lot of physicality and, and nastiness as well, which is always nice to see during the playoffs. Dan, I know you're busy, and I look forward to seeing you. I guess uh, I'll see you sometime on Sunday when you guys are here for Game 3. Have fun calling this one, man. Thank you very much, Reed. Have a good show. That is Dan Wood checking in from the Ducks Radio Network. Always good to have him on the program. So uh, Fowler, good to go. Lindholm should play. And then you heard him say Vatanen, not quite as likely. So that'll be a storyline as we watch the Ducks D for Game 1 tomorrow night. We'll have it on 6.30. Chad, face-off show at 6. The game will start at 8.30. When we get back, we'll check in with Getzlaff, not Ryan, but his brother, CFL receiver Chris, inside sports on Chad. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So you're going to be cheering against a Getzlaff when the Oilers take on the Ducks in round two. This past football season, you were cheering for a Getzlaff because Chris Getzlaff, the brother of Ducks forward, Ryan was playing for the Edmonton Eskimos, and I'm pleased to catch up with Chris Geslaff right now. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. It's a, it's a fun time of year. Uh, how much time have you been spending in front of the, uh, the old tube, or I guess flat screen now, uh, watching the hockey playoffs? Are you pretty engrossed? Uh, I've watched a fair amount of it, for sure. Obviously, I haven't missed a, a second of any Ducks game, but Thankfully, they only had to do four in the first round, so we'll see what that picks up in the near future. You know, Calgary was pretty good in the second half of the season. Was Did that series go by a little quicker than you thought it might? Uh, I thought it went a little quicker, yeah. I mean, I, d- I didn't think it was going to be a clean sweep, but I did think the Ducks were going to pull through. Uh, Calgary is a pretty good team uh, when it came down to it, uh, just couldn't pull it out. They They played pretty solid for a few of those games, too, so... Um, the Ducks were just able to overcome and, and pull out the tight games. Now, you were uh, obviously an Edmonton Eskimo and, uh, <laughs> and part of the Edmonton sports scene, uh, you know, not for a long time, but uh, were, did you find yourself watching the Oilers and, and checking in on McDavid and Oilers fans every once in a while? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I try to keep up uh, at least a little bit on, on the Canadian teams and uh, especially ones that are closer to Regina where I'm spending my uh, off seasons and live my life. So, um, you know, I, I keep up on it and, you know, McDavid's a, an exciting player. That's for sure. All right. So Ducks versus uh, Oilers in the second round. I assume it's the, uh, the family connection trumps the city you played in when it comes to picking a team, right? <laughs> all day long, all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to ask. <laughs> I had to ask for sure. Um, 
You know, uh, it's 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 interesting. It must be interesting for your family to have have two uh, two guys both playing uh, both playing pro sports. But you know, there was a there was a time where I, I think you're about five years older than Ryan. Is that ballpark correct, or is it is it a little less than that? I'm two years older. Oh, it's Ryan. only two years older. Okay, I'm sorry. So you guys, oh, yeah. you guys were pretty close. Now, was it uh, was it pretty competitive when you guys were kids when it came to athletic endeavors? So, not just athletic endeavors. Pretty much anything that you can shake a stick at, we were we were competitive. It was just that kind of household. That's how we were brought up. And I mean, uh, I just think it was part of our genes, really, where we just had that drive to compete at pretty much everything that we did. So do you think you guys uh, you guys made each other better, or were were you uh, were you bigger and stronger for most of the time, or how did that work? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, at a young age, he was already the same size as I was, and then uh, at still a young age, he ended up bigger than I was. So uh, I think I still had the edge in uh, in overall uh, strength. But uh, at the end of the day, he's he's now a monster in comparison to my body size, that's for sure. But we competed in everything that you can think about. And we we hung out all the time, and I believe that we totally made each other better growing up. So where did the uh, – I mean, were you were you a hockey player when you were young and then got into football, or did he ever play football? I'm curious to see when and how the, the specialization occurred. Uh, both. So uh, – you know, I started hockey at a young age, I was six or seven years old, and um, to this day I still play in the off season. Obviously, non-contact hockey, but um, it was in, in going into grade twelve that I really decided that I wanted to uh, play football uh, more than I wanted to play hockey. So uh, I, I wanted to be a captain of the team, and at that point in time, I uh, did go to uh, a couple days for the tryouts for the AAA Pack Canadians, but uh, they both went really well. Uh, but I decided that I was going to focus on football and try to be a captain of the team. And for Ryan, he uh, he did play football. We both started the exact same year uh, playing peewee football when I was 13 and he was 11. And he was, I mean, he was good at everything growing up. So no matter what we got into, he was going to be good at any athletic endeavor. So um, he obviously had to choose hockey a lot earlier than I had to give it up. So... Um, you know that's just the the nature of the sport. If you're going to go away and play in the in the WHL, you know he's leaving the house at uh, 16 years old, so you're specializing a lot earlier. Chris Getzlaff joining us on Inside Sports tonight, uh, brother of Anaheim Ducks forward Ryan Getzlaff. So you know he's he had some has had some big moments in his career. Obviously, you know several uh, championships on on various Canadian teams, and obviously uh, a Stanley Cup. Are, no, but you're busy too with your life. There's a little bit of overlap in the seasons. Do you watch still to this day every uh, every big game he plays along the way, or or check it out on PVR, or how does that work? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not going to miss any any big game. And, you know, the the year they won the Stanley Cup was actually my first year in the CFL, so unfortunately I wasn't able to be there in person, and I could only catch the uh, the end of the games. I was in camp with the Ticats in Hamilton, so I uh, was able to watch the first two games before camp started, and then after that I was just catching, like, third periods of the, of the rest of the games. All right. So that was unfortunate, but I was able to go to a lot of uh, his other major events, World Juniors and uh, both Olympics. and So uh, he's quite the accomplished man. 
And, and what about, uh, I mean, you had an incredible Grey Cup uh, victory, obviously in your home stadium, right in the throes of hockey season. Did, did you, was he able to watch that game and get in touch with you right after? Or what were the Ducks doing that day? Uh, he was able to watch it on, on TV down there, and I did uh, talk to him uh, shortly after the game. So um, we were able to communicate through that. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it to the game, but um, obviously he watched it, and we talked right after. Uh, I, I mean, I know there are, are, are I'm sure, you know, the things you guys say to each other that you wouldn't want to say on the radio, but, but, but I do want to ask, I mean, that is pretty unique for brothers to be pro athletes in different sports. And there are certainly conversations you could have that a lot of siblings wouldn't be able to have because of that shared experience. Do you guys talk a lot about, about sports and things happening in your careers? You know, whether it's advice or, or uh, you know, that was a tough game or, or how in-depth do you get with each other's uh, day-to-day, you know, sports stuff? Uh, I mean, we're we're both involved pretty uh, quite a bit talking about it. You know, it's not um, it's where the year needs to be. You know, if uh, it's something that the other guy doesn't really want to talk that much about, then you don't talk that much about it. But I mean, we're pretty much uh, open books to each other when it comes to it. So um, we're going to know what's going on in each other's lives, both in sport and outside of sport. So uh, I mean, we have the ins and outs of everything. That's cool. Okay, so if if he was a football player, what position would he been? If he would have stuck with it, <laughs> well, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, he was a running back when he was playing, and I don't think that that would have continued with his size. So I think he would have uh, probably ventured into a receiver position as well. Okay, interesting. So uh, look at Edmonton, Anaheim. I'll, I'll get your uh, your perspective here. Uh, keys to the series. From, from from your point of view? Uh, I mean, keys to the series are going to be play well defensively. Uh, you know, the the first and foremost is going to be trying to, to limit the stars of, uh, of the Oilers for the Ducks to be successful. And I, I think that Edmonton is going to try to have to try to match the same thing in order to um, compete against the Ducks. So it's got to be defense first. And, um, you know, you're going to have to get a couple bounces here and there and Make sure that uh, you're staying out of the penalty box because both teams have a lot of talent on their team, and if, if you give them too many opportunities on the power play, they're going to make you pay. Sounds like you're ready to jump into the uh, hockey analyst booth, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. That would, that would be a pretty cool job, I think. Hey, well, thanks for your time. Appreciate uh, your insight. It, it is a, a really, uh, you know, cool connection, you and Ryan, and obviously you guys are very close and supportive of each other. So thanks for sharing that part of the story, Chris, and uh, all the best. I hope we can talk again. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me. Good to check up with Chris Getzlaff. Played for the Edmonton Eskimos last season. Brother of Ducks forward Ryan Getzlaff. Blue Jays tied 2-2 with the Cardinals, bottom of the sixth. Oilers-Anaheim, game one tomorrow night, 6 o'clock face-off show. Game starts at 8.30. All the action right here on 6.30 Chet. Thanks to Warren Mulvey, our studio producer. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Inside Sports. Have a great night. 6.30 Chet, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chet.